From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Penny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. July 21st, 2014 on the Pick and Pod, Kenny Ducey in studio. And our guest today is Jason Concepcion, a.k.a. Network on Twitter with the second E as a three. And what's up today? Thank goodness you are back from Las Vegas, so I don't know if anyone can take that long in Vegas. Uh, yeah, it's brutal. It's like two days there, and you feel like you've been there for two weeks. Was that your first time at Summer League? Yeah, that was my first time. What, what were your initial impressions when you when you walked into the gym? With I mean, you had your sunglasses on, so I don't know how much you could uh, really see. but Well, it's, it's really bright out. And then even inside. Well, I mean, like, uh, it's less about the basketball, really, than it is about, like, everybody that's there. It's like the first thing that you learn. Um, because you can talk to, like, you know, pretty much anyone. Not that I took advantage of that, but, like, you know, Sam Hickey is sitting there, or Phil Jackson, you can't actually get to Phil Jackson. Yeah. That's the guy you can't get to, but, like, you know, uh, Mike Bogdan-Holzer is, like, in the stands, Terry Stotts, just, everybody is there, and everybody is a scout for somebody, for either an NBA team or an overseas team, and everybody's hustling to, like, try and get a trainer job or... You know, so it's just like a huge job fair for basketball. Well, what, what was, yeah, it, 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 you know, there were a lot of people around. <laughs> it, what was, yeah. God bless you, uh, what was the most surprising thing or like maybe the most unexpected thing that you saw there, whether it be like Kenya Martin in um, America hat or uh, Anthony Bennett yeah. actually playing decent? Uh, I mean, what, what was it for you? Uh, there's a lot of things, you know, Chris Smith. Just like hanging around. He was there. Yeah, he was there. He was. There. I saw him there uh, for the next game, sitting with Kenya Martin. I mean, he had been like cut by the Mavs, so like that was um, weird. Uh, I guess. Let me see. Togoshi. Oh yeah. Yuko Togoshi, who like I walked in at the end of a Mavericks game against the Raptors and. It was, like, the very end of the game, and he was, like, dribbling with the ball, and the crowd, like, started going nuts, started yelling, shoot it, like, Mark Cuban was yelling, shoot it. I just walked into that gym, and I was like, oh, man, like, I think I missed, like, something good. I must have missed, like, another one of those, like, like, wind versus wall, something. He, he got and a standing looked, ovation for taking a charge. Yeah, and then I looked up at the... At the scoreboard, when I got to my seat, and he had zero points, <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd was like going insane. So it was that was funny. Um, I mean, there's just like it, the whole thing is weird. So it becomes like it becomes hard to like really understand like what is real. You know, like Rudy Gobert was like blocking like four or five shots a game, and you know, altering many others and looking like an NBA player. It was, no, it was an interesting week. Well, clearly, what wasn't real was the Knicks being like one of the best teams because that's uh, that's not going to happen in this upcoming season. But I've said, based on like you know, 
kind of what, like what you've seen maybe out of like early and and Hardaway if you know if Hardaway can stop taking as as many shots as he was. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, he was taking way too many. I mean, maybe maybe this team is like the eighth best team in the East, maybe the eighth or seventh. Like they could get there. I mean, is that is that uh, realistic? Uh, you know, I'm hopeful offensively, and the East. Well, the East got better, but I'm hopeful offensively that they can be a playoff level team. Um, just the way they were running the triangle was like surprisingly organized, really, for a bunch of like young guys and a bunch of guys who probably won't make the team. But it's defensively really where I think they could really be one of the worst teams in the NBA, like there's a chance. Um, that's where I would I really need to see them improve because now they don't have any room protection, you know, um, unless I guess you want to say like Dallin Bear, who's probably like finished at this point in his career. Right. I mean, people thought he was going to retire. Right. And it's like, I mean, it's pretty scary to be like, I like Cole Aldrich actually. A lot, but you know it's pretty scary when you say Cole Aldrich will be crucial, like to this team, <laughs> like to their success, and it's true. Um, you know, so uh, I'm hopeful for them, like offensively, like the triangle really. Uh, it's after like you know numerous seasons of not really having a philosophy or not having a philosophy that was like embraced at all levels of the team. At least they have one. Um, but I think they could definitely struggle defensively. I mean, it does look like they have some sort of plan, and it might be better for them to struggle just based on the fact that they have their first-round pick. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking, I mean, and, and it's always, you always have to, like, temper your expectations or temper, you know, you just kind of have to stop yourself from thinking about too far in the future because the Knicks just make quick decisions that kind of leave you scratching your head. But, um, I mean... They they'll probably trade Stoudemire at the deadline, right? And may and maybe depending on how he plays, get something decent back for him, right? I mean, are they, at this point though? I mean, he's a, he's an expiring contract. It's you know, like I would love to trade him, but who's taking him? That's the one thing, you know. Like at him and Bargnani, who's take who's really going to take those guys? You know, um, I mean, there were rumors today and yesterday that Jr. might be on the block, which. I guess I kind of, I understand um, from a cultural standpoint, you know, like, but he also is like one of the only wings whose like skill set kind of fits triangle. So that's it's you know who knows what they're gonna do. And it's like they, it, it's a bridge year for them. So it's like I don't really know how far they're willing to like push things this year. Um, they you know it's like it's. A year from now is when all the cap space and stuff opens up. So it's like, um, if they're going to make a move, it should be with an eye towards preserving as much of that flexibility in a year. Well, we've heard about Schumpert and these trade rumors for literally almost a year now, probably even over a year. Um, I mean, it's it's just been it just seemed like the writing was on the wall, like at the beginning of last season. Uh, if you remember, like he was saying, he like turned his phone off because all the trade rumors, like couldn't deal right. with it, and he's still on the team. Now he comes back up in in trade talks. I mean, you don't think anyone's really gonna take J.R. Smith with his contract and his antics last year, and just the fact that he's J.R. Smith. 
Uh, but I mean, is there? Uh, would you say that? I mean, what what would what are the chances? Would you say that the that these guys get dealt, uh, or if it's just kind of all talk and no one's really going to give the Knicks a great offer? Uh, well, I mean, the whispers around the team is that they're really trying to make a move. Um, whether that includes Jr., you would imagine it would have to include either one of Shump or Tim Hardaway, who you know people say are is untouchable. Um, otherwise, why would another team you know get involved? Um, Shump, from everything you hear, like around the team, would have been traded long ago if it wasn't for Phil Jackson, who like really. You know, who likes big guards who shoot threes and play defense um, for the triangle. So I would not be surprised to see Shump moves, um, either one of Shump or Hardaway. But, you know, who knows? It's not It's not like they have a lot of great options right now. But you hear, like, around the team, you do hear that they really are trying to do something. All right, well, I think one of the things they don't do is sign Carlos Boozer, I think, at this point, and I've been pretty fair to say. Where does Carlos Boozer sign? Uh, didn't the Lakers uh, take him? Um, or no, yeah, uh, he did. He, uh, didn't he sign with the Lakers? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think, I think he did, right, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. I've been in, I've been in like, I mean, I have Las too. Vegas, like, Las Vegas. Uh, they yes, they did. They got they him did. and Ed Davis, that's right. I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm stupid, but yeah, I mean, how does he how does he fit there? He fits there in that the Lakers are going to be like basically the weirdest team in the NBA next year. I, you know, I kind of feel like the Lakers are like don't care if they're bad next year, but I, I mean, he's you know the thing is like he's like underrated at this point because he's like so um, crapped upon because of like. He doesn't play any defense, and he yells. <laughs> but he's a decent. I mean, he's a decent player. It's really just like that contract was awful. Yeah, I do kind of question, like putting Randall like even deeper on the on the depth chart, like for really no good reason. Like, why are they're not going to be a playoff team probably next year? So why not just play Randall like as much as you can? I don't get it. Yeah, and he looked really. I mean, talk about a guy who looked good in summer league. I mean, he was definitely impressive uh, to a lot of people. Uh, he's getting people excited. So I don't know. But the Lakers had their pick, though, right? Or, or do they not? Yeah. So, okay, well, so uh, can, I believe. Right. So they can, like tank if they want. With I mean, and like with Jeremy Lin and Carlos Boozer and Ed Davis, it, it that might be where they're going. Um, you know, one of the funny things that I saw on Twitter the last couple of days was that I forget who it was, but someone was like, "It's so great." They were debating the Kevin Love Andrew Wiggins trade because you know when we all go to vote on it. It'll seem like we have a you know we have a pretty good understanding of where everyone stands. Uh, yeah, so like no one, none of us really have any say in this. Um, right. But so like it's kind of exhausting to talk about. But I, I did read. I think there was a report on Saturday that the Cavaliers offered Bennett Wiggins and a pick, and uh, the Wolves turned them down. I, I mean. At this point, that's I feel crazy. Like, right, and I feel like at I don't this believe point, that. I don't believe that. I don't know if I can believe that because they're not going. I don't know if they're going to get a better offer than that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at this point, it's like, does he go to the Warriors now? Because maybe the Warriors like say, okay, Clay Thompson's not the future face of the NBA, and we'll get rid of him, and like David Lee and Harrison Barnes. I mean, like, what? 
what happens with Kevin Love? Because at this point, I mean, he's not going to re-sign with the Wolves. It's in their best interest to trade him. I would imagine that the Wolves, I mean, I think the Wolves are just playing. I think you have to imagine that they're just playing hardball, trying to get as much as they possibly can. At the same time, um, if that offer was legit, they really should take that offer. You know, because I they're not going to get anything better than that. Wiggins is, I think, going to be a star. Bottom like bottom line, the least he'll be is a defensive force in the NBA. Um, Bennett, for all the jokes and everything, he's when when he's actually in shape, which he was for summer league, he looks like a basketball player. You know. Um, and, you know, now that he's got all the sleep apnea and asthma stuff under control, which that you can see inhibiting play, and he's got his weight down, he looks really good. Um, and picks are picks. Um, I can't see them turning that down. You know, like, the, the interesting thing in terms of Wiggins for Love is the idea of fit, which I, is an argument I can kind of get behind. I mean, you have Kyrie, you have LeBron, you have waiters for now. Um, those are guys that want the ball. You know, those are guys that play with the ball in their hands. And Williams doesn't need the ball. You know, he he's his dribble is not great anyway. He can't really go right. Um, this puts this takes pressure off him. You know, to develop, he can just play off the ball, do all the like little in between things play defense, him and LeBron on either side of the court on defense is just like is that's great. Yeah. Um that's like attack dog stuff. And so from that side of things, I understand. I can understand being like, ah, oh, you know, you kinda wanna hold on to him. At the same time, um Kevin Love, you know, put up one of the you know, great statistical seasons like of all time last year, even though he didn't make the playoffs, which it, if he was in the East he makes playoffs. Um, and that's, and you put him on the floor with LeBron and Kyrie and that's all the, you know, stretch foreign that you'll ever need in your life. So, you know, it's, I do understand both sides of it. Um, personally, I think you, you trade for Kevin Love. I, I think, I, I, and especially if LeBron wants him, I think it's just, you have to, I think you have well, to. Well, if LeBron wants him, that's it. It's the, right. that's the end. LeBron runs, LeBron runs the team. You know, like, we can all argue to a room in the face. If, if LeBron wants something, he'll get it because he now runs Cleveland. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he runs their economy. And I think I think yeah. uh, I don't know if I if I, I told if I told you this, but like uh, Q-Tip, who like scooped the uh, LeBron signing to Cleveland, was like watching like eight or nine years. LeBron will have an ownership stake, which is like, yeah. which I mean, I'm not trusting him, but like that's an interesting idea. Like I think that could that could happen, and he definitely has a lot to say there. Um. All right, another team uh, in the East I kind of wanted to talk about was the Bucks, because they go out and get Kendall Marshall. They already have uh, Giannis. They already have uh, Jabari Parker. They have Jason Kidd with the team. Larry Sanders. Uh, this team won 15 games last year, but Brandon Knight, too, which we all like to forget about. Um, I mean, this could be a pretty... Not like pretty good team, but like this team could maybe be like the sixth best team in the East. I think like, like with the East so wide open. Uh, I 
think a lot of that I've I can't imagine them jumping that far, but at the same time, like who? Like, I just know, feel a like lot who's of, that a lot, good. A lot of them. A lot of well, I mean, who? So many people got better. Like Cleveland got better, right? Um, I mean, Brooklyn didn't get better, but they stayed roughly within the playoffs. Miami's going to be a playoff team. Um, Atlanta, I would imagine, will be better. Um, I thought Toronto is going to be better or the same. I don't think Miami is. Uh, uh, well, Bosch now they could. Yeah, they could probably make the playoffs. But Charlotte, oh, yeah, um, they'll make the playoffs. Bosch and Wade. Yeah. Charlotte. Um, Charlotte is. I. You can imagine making the playoffs either at the same level or a little better. Um, it's like it's pretty tough, to, I think, to crack the East, especially for a young team that has no real idea like how to win and I'm not saying they don't have like a lot of talent I'm just saying they've never proven it yet um Larry Sanders I really you know he needs to prove that last year was a blip for them to really do anything um Giannis was one of the revelations of the summer league he looked freaking incredible like if you're a basketball nerd he what he was doing was just so exciting he was going like he was bringing the ball up. He was going like the length of the court in two dribbles, just looking like a super like athletic freakish spider. And um, so his development, like I, I'm not willing to <clears throat> say that he doesn't take a leap that vaults them like into like the lower fringes of the playoffs. But I think it'll be it would be a surprise like if. I, Personally, if they if they left that far, I mean Jabari is NBA ready. At the same time, like he's we call him NBA ready, but it's, I mean he's still a rookie. He's not. I, I find it hard to believe that he's going to come in and really be a difference maker at this point, like a difference to a playoff difference maker. He looked okay in summer league. Again, it's like summer league. Who cares? But like he kind of struggled at the four a little bit. Got blocked a lot at the rim, um, and at times like struggle to find like a balance between driving and trying to do something else because, you know, the length that NBA the NBA four and five like really seemed to bother him. Um, coming from college where he could just, you know, basically throw his ass into people and, you know, right. get to the rim. So I don't know. I it's uh, uh I'm not willing to rule it out, but I would be I would be pretty surprised if that happened. Yeah, now that I look at it, I I think that was kind of a little too that was too high of a ceiling because I don't think Brooklyn makes the playoffs. Um, I mean, even if like Charlotte drops out, you still have to th- yeah. Cleveland still has to take someone's spot, and then like Detroit could could make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I don't know. I guess I'll say that like the Bucks are maybe in the they could be in the mix for the eight seed, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think they're maybe a couple years away. Um, I mean, speaking of the East, though, like who? I've gone back and forth between Chicago and Washington, and then like I don't know, maybe Toronto could jump in there. Like who who's gonna who's the favorite right now to win the East? That seems to be the hot hot question to ask people. I think it's Cleveland. I, I really, really do. Um, yeah, I I don't put them as like a favorite to win the finals, um, but I think just with LeBron, I even if it some uh, strategic and tactical things take time to gel. That's a lot of talent. Like whether they do love or not, yeah, I think they. I, th- I do think they end up winning the East. 
Um, I just think LeBron's that good. Um, at the same time, like below that, I would say Chicago probably. Now, at this point in the West, um, we're talking about favorites. I mean, Houston, uh, Houston could be a top three team this year. They could have been like really good if they got Bosch. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you rate their off season now that they lose Parsons? Um, they lose. Bo- they they don't get Bosch, uh, and then I mean, no more Lynn. Uh, I, I just they had all these great ideas, and you know, Maury just kind of got in his own. He was too smart for himself. Uh, I mean, what? Where does this team finish next year? I can imagine them being a top four playoff seed in the West. I and mean, at the same time, you know, that's what Maury does. I mean, he's aggressive, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, you have to. Yeah, I mean, you have to say that they did not have a good offseason. Um, anytime you give up assets in order to clear space for a player that does not come, um, you've not, you know, and end up losing a player that you could have kept on like a $900,000 salary who's really good. Um, you'd have to say that that's not optimal. And at the same time, they still have um, Dwight. You know, they still have James Harden and they, they rebounded well, bringing in Arisa. So, I, you know, I can still see them being a top-four team. Not not a championship-level team, but definitely a playoff team. Um, but, you know, that's like the thing with Maury. He's going to be aggressive, you know, whether anybody like likes it or not. Whether, like, you know, that's just the way he is. He's a killer ping-pong player, though. Yeah, I, I'm, I respect that because... Uh... I actually didn't know that, but that's like that's cool because I'm I I pride myself on being like mediocre. Um, the Lakers, back to the Lakers for a sec, because I'm curious. Uh, like there was that like Jamal Crawford pro am thing, like Kobe was there, and, and you think about Kobe, you think about the Lakers that were like a 27 and 55 team last year. They are like happy they retained Xavier uh, Xavier Henry. And Nick Young, and like we talked about them before with like Boozer, and they could they like maybe they maybe they're a tank team. What? How many years does Kobe have left? And like just I he's I can't imagine he wants to deal with like a rebuilding you know stage at, at this point in his career. Well, not I mean, can is he not? He needs to. I mean, this is like sacrilege for people who are like Kobe stands and. I would never doubt his will, but at the same time, he's coming off that Achilles injury. He needs, and he's 30, what, four? He needs to prove that he can still play, period. You know, like, he looked kind of okay when he first started coming back, and then he had to look it out again. But at the same time, like, his lift was gone. His leg looked, like, one leg looked completely skinnier than the other leg. I'm not, you know, can he, who's to say that he's not done now? He really needs to, like, come in and show that he's not done. I mean, that Achilles injury, I remember when he got it. I mean, there were so many people that were saying, I don't think anyone understands how, like, the magnitude of that. And that's a tough injury to come back from. Uh, So There's very few guys that really do come back from it, you know. And at the age he is, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. I would never doubt that he, you know, is not. I, I never doubt his will and that he's doing like everything humanly 
possible and even things that like humans would never dream possible to try and come back. I just think like, you know, I, I would really need to see it. It's like pretty, that's a physically devastating injury and he's 35. Yeah, yeah, and he's almost thirty six because he turned thirty six in yeah. August. That's that's uh, yeah. I I I I'm of your thinking that I think he might be very close to done. Um, all right, just to wrap up here. Uh, well, first off, I guess I never really, I never asked your opinion of Jason Smith to the Knicks. I was talking about, I was thinking about maybe asking you about like a you know, well, we will talk about maybe like the best available free agent, but um, could Smith be like a cool thing for the Knicks? I mean, they need him. You know, he's a He's an okay big man, um, assuming he can stay healthy, which has really always been a problem, you know, for him. Uh, they haven't, I haven't uh, seen, but I haven't looked too hard, like, uh, what his contract might, might be. I would assume, like, it's, like, a minimum deal. He's got the taxpayers, um, like, 3.3 mil. It's for, a taxpayer? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, I, for a big who can play, that's fine. You know, he's he's a decent He's a decent big man, like, and really the thing's always been like, can he, can he stay on the court? I think he's only played like, even close to a whole season, like twice in his career. You know, like right. He's missed. He's missed a lot of games. So if he can play, I like that. I really like the pickup. They need a big. They desperately need bigs. You know, who can play? All right. So first of all. Best free agent uh, available right now. I mean, you remember you got Andre Blatch, who still hasn't signed. Uh, I I don't know. You know, it's just like kind of. Funny. I say Andre Blatch. Yeah, I mean, I've also been like throwing around the like, um, uh, Elton Brand hasn't signed yet. Like, I, I I thought maybe like a a a team needing like a veteran big man. Jordan Crawford, I think, is out there still. But you you'd go with. I mean, where does Blatch? What, what does he do? I mean, at this point, I feel like. All the teams I, Andre Blatch would want to play for uh, are kind of filled at this, right? At this juncture. Oh, yeah. First of all, Andre Blatch is... I wasn't really serious, but now that I'm oh, thinking yeah. about it, <laughs> I need to, like, really... Uh, oh, oh, Greg Monroe. Or no, uh, yeah. I think, I think he's still... So, Greg Monroe is, like, the best. Okay. But, yeah, Andre Blatch is a freaking joke. But a talented, like, a... a an enigmatic joke. I would definitely say um, Greg Monroe, who some people like prefer to Andre Drummond, which I think is a little crazy. But like, yeah, I would say Blatch. Um, there's a lot of people Evan Turner, of course. Of, like, Evan Turner. I was about to say Evan Turner. Like, there's a lot of people that are kind of like you wonder how good they really are. Like Evan Turner. Um, Evan Turner's a guy. Someone. You can imagine someone taking a shot at him. He had just like a really awful season in Indiana. And then Philly, you know, of course, was tanking. So it's like no one is really sure what he is. Um, who else is out there? Like a lot of like old guys. How about Byron Mullins? Yeah. I think what about I think Byron Mullins? He's there. I think he's there. I mean, it's – but at this point, like – are the Rockets out there for guys, or is it is it is it like the Bucks? I mean, because the Bucks think like looking at Jared Bayless. I, I don't like what. I I think everyone's kind of set at this point, right? Yeah, it, like other than Greg Monroe, it's you know I, I would imagine like anything else that comes up will be like a question of need. Like if they really need somebody, 
um, I think didn't Salmon's get Salmon's got picked up. So it's like uh, no, Mike Scott. Yeah, I Mike think Scott is a good there. one. Um, he's he's a really fun player. He member of the Knicks Career High Club um, right. last season. So it, you know, I don't know. I try to. I like so free agented, like burnt out, especially like post LeBron. Well, I remember the day that the New York Times released their LeBron cover. Like the first thing I saw was that John Salmons was waived, and yeah, he was picked up by the Pelicans. So, yeah. um, overall, you know that I I don't know I, I'm he's 34. Maybe someone else would have been picked up if, in front of him. But um, all right, wrapping up. What I, and I have the feeling you'll say Tim Duncan. So if you're going to say that, maybe try to think of someone else. Uh, but best pickup, best value pickup uh, of the off season to you. Best value pickup? I mean, you have to say it was like Dirk Nowitzki, right? Ooh. Oh yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't really a surprise, like that he would resign. I conf- just, I just confused you know, Dirk and Tim Duncan. Yeah, that was pretty. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> he took a pretty like huge pay cut, and you know, to help them add flexibility, which is pretty much like that is the thing in the NBA now. It's like stars taking pay cuts. And he's getting max offers, too. Yeah. You know, of course. He's Dirk. Jason, uh, really appreciate the time on this uh, on this Monday. So hopefully your Monday goes well. And uh, yeah. it is at network with the second E as a three. Uh, on Twitter, and you you've been you've been writing a lot of things. So uh, I mean, you have what you have the summer league thing that you wrote maybe four or five days ago now in Grantland. Yes. Um, what else? What else is on deck? Uh, I've got a profile of Ship Sports Mark Beeks that I'm working on, um, and I've got uh, some other like summer league things that I'm working on. All right, well, go check those out, and really appreciate the time today, Jason. Thank you. Okay, thank you. <laughs>